Well, just a, f- a few minutes ago, I had the opportunity to, to go over to the Hispanic service that's happening right now. Right now, while we're in church, our Hispanic congregation is having service over in the other building, and it's on over there. I'll tell you, last, last week, they had so many people in that sanctuary that they had to, they had to bring out, I mean, a bunch of new chairs and they filled that sanctuary up last week. And I told Pastor Randy, I said, you're going to two services too. So um, it was exciting. I was over there just a few minutes ago. I'm getting to be a little a part of the worship over there with them. And I always enjoy getting to go over. But uh, I just kind of wanted you to know what's going on. You look around the room in here this morning and you're like, where's everybody at? But what you need to understand is right now, uh, aside from us in this room, there's probably close to a couple hundred other people that are here right now in these other services and so uh, that is the reason why we went to the two services because we just had the children's facilities were completely out of room. Parking lot was complete. People were parking off campus and having to walk in. And so uh, that's why we've done this. But uh, I have heard people that like the two services. Some folks say, man, we really like coming early because we're up real early. And other ones say to me, man, we really like this late service because we get to sleep in. So I don't know which, that, which, which way that is for you, whether you slept in or not, or whether it just worked out for you to come to the service. But either way, I'm very thankful that you're here. I welcome you. God bless you. Uh, I know you're enjoying the, the worship and the service so far. I want to get into this word, and I want you to turn with me to Hebrews. We're looking at chapter 4 today. And just one verse. I love the word of God. I really, really love the word of God. And I'm always excited about being able to teach and preach his word. Uh, and, and anytime I get that opportunity, I, I, I mean that. It, I'm very grateful to do that. But this, is a, this, this particular verse right here, um, I'm very excited about sharing this with you because I think it's going to change your life. I, I love this word because it is just one verse. It's very concise. But in this verse, if it, I, I tell you, I, I know that we need for God so love the world. I know we need that one, and that's the one that everybody knows, John three sixteen. But I'm, after studying this, I'm I'm almost ready to say that if there was only one verse that I could find, if all the Bible were lost and we just had one verse left, I think, I think maybe, I would pick this one because everything I'm going to need is found in this verse. Everything that will take me from the moment I give my heart to Christ until the moment that that, that they receive me into heaven this verse would get me there, remembering this and acting upon this verse. Now, I want to begin by telling you a quick story about a fellow named Mike Robinson who he worked as a maintenance worker for the United Airlines, and he was down at Dallas-Fort Worth at the International Airport. And uh, one morning early, he had just gotten off work and was leaving, got in his car. He left out of the parking lot, and as he was going, uh, his tire blew out. He lost control went across the median, went down in the ditch, and his car just exploded into flames. And the, he said the, the last thing he could remember before he went unconscious was, was just being encircled by the flames in that car. He tried to get out, but he, the door was jammed and he couldn't get out. At the same time, there was a fellow named Del Wolfgram who was also working in one of the hangars there at the airport, and he just happened to step out, I guess, on breaker for some reason, reason, and he saw the car accident. He ran over to the wreck, pried open the door, despite the flames, grabbed Mike and pulled him out and saved his life. Mike later on gave credit to him when he said, uh, when he said that. He said, this guy is my hero, and he saved my life. 
when Mike was in the car and was so desperately trying to get out, there, there came a point, though, uh, just before he lost consciousness, that he also was losing hope uh, because it seemed like that death was imminent. He could not get out. There was no way out. And what's so neat about this is he didn't know that Dale was coming and that just in the nick of time, he would be pulled to safety. I wonder how many of us in this room have ever experienced one of those just in the nick of time circumstances that God answered a prayer just in the nick of time. God sent somebody just in the nick of time to save us or to help us in the current situation that we were in. It's what we're gonna talk about today. I also wanna just give you an opportunity to identify. I'm not gonna ask what that is, but how many of, the, how many of you in this room would say, I have a need today. I have something that's, that's pressing in my heart and I've come, I came to this place. I love the Lord, I came to worship, but I'm really, I've got a need and I'm really, I'm really burdened about something. I've got something that's heavy on my heart. Is there anybody in this room would say that? Then I want you to, to especially uh, pay close attention. Don't sleep this morning like you usually do when I preach. Stay awake because you're going to want to hear this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And you said, you like that better than John three sixteen? Let me read it again. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, when I look at this passage of scripture, I am immediately confronted with a major obstacle. And that obstacle is this. This verse says for me to come boldly to the throne of grace, but I'm not worthy to do that. Does anybody else feel that way? I, I see this verse saying to me, come boldly to the throne of grace, but in my heart I'm saying, but I'm not worthy to do that. And I've, I've seen people before who thought they were worthy, haven't you? And they prayed prayers like, like, God, I demand in the name of Jesus, you do this right now. You ever heard anybody pray that way? I'm afraid, I'm afraid to be close to those people. I walk away because I don't want the lightning to strike. If it hits them, I don't want it to get me. But there are people that pray that way. They say, God, I demand it in Jesus' name. You do it and you do it now. And I don't think that that is the way that I want to approach the creator of the universe and all of universes. I would rather approach him. I want to do it like the word says. The word says come boldly, but what does that mean? And how am I going to do that since I'm such a terrible sinner? How am I going to come with the confidence to approach the throne of grace boldly? Am I excluded from the promises of this verse because of that reason? First thing I want you to understand is this term, the throne of grace. You got the picture, you see the, you see the picture on the screen of a throne, and that's what we think of. We think of a throne room, we think of, the, of God the Father sitting on that throne, and then we are coming to approach this throne of grace. But I want you to understand that the throne of grace simply symbolizes what we're talking about, which is the place of grace. So it's not necessarily a throne, you don't necessarily have to get up and go to a specific place. The place of grace, or the throne of grace, is anywhere you need it to be. Wherever you are in your going, in your daily life, wherever you find yourself in need 
of this throne, you can approach it right there. It's not like you have to be in the church or you don't have to be at revival or you don't have to be in a healing line. I'm telling you, this can happen anywhere you need for it to happen. The throne of grace simply means the, the place of grace. It is the place where believers find the unmerited favor and kindness of God. Understand the word unmerited. Merited means it can't be earned. So you'll never be able to approach this throne of grace by your own merit or by your own goodness or by any deeds you've done. Nothing you can do will ever make you good enough to be able to approach the throne of grace boldly. So how are you going to get there? Because if you can't get there, then you don't get what's coming. You don't get the rest of the verse. How am I going to approach the throne of grace? The scripture teaches us that we don't come depending on our own merits, but that we're coming to a place where a sufficient sacrifice has already been offered for human guilt. The sacrifice of a sinless lamb who is Jesus. The Father sees the blood applied to your life and when he sees the blood on your life, it thereby makes you welcome in his presence. He, you would never get there if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus. Don't ever read a Bible that takes out the blood of Jesus. For those who think the blood is gory, and then there's a few translations that have removed the blood of Jesus from their, from their translations because they said it's too gory. I'm going to tell you something. If it weren't for the gore and the mire and the blood, we would not have a chance. I'm thankful for the blood. The blood is what covers us. The blood is what qualifies us. Because when the Father sees the blood, he, he, he sees the blood on you because you've accepted his son, you've received his son, repented of your sins. The blood now covers you, and as you approach the throne, he doesn't see you in your sin anymore. He sees the blood of his son. That is what causes you to be able to come into the throne room of God. How am I going to approach the throne boldly? by the blood that is applied to my life. So I have determined now that this verse can be for me. I love the Lord, I'm a believer, I'm not perfect, but I'm covered by the blood, and I am now a person who is qualified for this verse to take place in my life. So what are we gonna do? What happens now? Well, if you're in need, then, then here is what happens. You come into this place correctly. You say, are you getting ready to start tagging a bunch of stuff onto grace? No. But I am going to tell you that when you come to the place of grace, you need to come in certain ways. You need to come humbly. You need to come reverently. You need to come patiently. Mm. We could preach there a little while, couldn't we? We need to come with a receiving heart. If there are any, and I know there are. I started to say if there are any counselors in this room, you'll understand this, but there are counselors in this room. Then you'll understand this. People that come for counseling that just want to dump and not listen, you can't help much. And you can tell real quick what they want. Do they want help or do they just want to dump it? Say, well, sometimes that's all I need to do. I just need to unload it and then I'm okay. Well, you, you need to unload it, but most of the time there's something that you did that you need to take responsibility for so you can change or else you're going to have an opportunity and a need to unload again. This world's going to be a terrible place for you as long as everybody in it is against you. 
And when you find out that they're not, and accept responsibility for some of the things that are happening in your life, then when you can come to a counselor, you come to a counselor, and the counselor can say, okay, now tell me, and you can unload that, and then they'll say, are you receptive? Yeah, that's why I'm here, I want help. Not, no, I'm done. So when we come into the place of grace, we need to come with reverence, we need to come with humility, we need to come in patience, and we need to come receiving. And that's not gonna happen if you come into this place hanging on to the fret and the worry and the stress and the toil. If you will come into the throne of grace or come to the place of grace the way that you're supposed to come, three things are going to happen. This is what the Word says. Get your pen and write these down. Here's what happens when people approach the place of grace. First of all, the Bible says we obtain mercy. Mercy here is forgiveness. And it's what we need most. It's what we need first. It's not usually what brings us to this place of grace. What brings us to the place of grace? Need. Our need, we think. God knows what we really need. We come with what we think is our need. God says, okay, let's start at the right place. Let's start at the place where that you repent for, hmm? I have a place for you that's called forgiveness. You come to me and I will forgive you if you will repent. And so the first thing that happens is we obtain mercy. Before anything else, we need the constant and the continual forgiveness of God. I need to continuously receive the compassion of God. I, I may think that it was my need that brought me here, but in reality, mercy is the number one thing I need, and I need it every single day. I need to be on my knees every single day repenting for my sin. You say, well, I don't. One of these days, preacher, maybe you'll get, maybe you'll get better because I don't have to do that. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you think you don't need to do that, you need to do that. Every single day, I find myself trying to pray according to the formula that Jesus gave the disciples. God, you're awesome, you're wonderful, you created all things. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want your kingdom, I want your, I want your will, I want what you done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? And on down the road, then I get to me. And when I get to me, after all the praise and worship, when I get to me, the first thing I'm saying is, Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for, I'm so thankful for my life, but God, I'm, say, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for, Father, for you being on the throne for all things. I'm thankful, God, to you. I appreciate you. I love you. I worship you. And I ask you, would you please forgive me for my sins? God, if there's something in my heart, if there's something in my mind, maybe I said something or I did something, would you please convict me? Would you bring to my mind whatever it is that might be hindering me from you? Would you, that's the that's the first thing that I need to take care of. And this scripture takes care of that. It says that when I approach the place of grace, I obtain mercy. I receive forgiveness for my sins. And I need to do that every day. Secondly, I find grace. That's what the Bible says. This is the favor and the acceptance of God. And it's what we need next. 
Notice how what we thought was important is falling down the rungs. We came here desperate, toiling, stressing, worrying. Oh God, I need, I need, I need. And God says, time out, slow it down. Here's what you need. You need mercy, then you need grace, and we'll get to your need in a little while. Hmm? Why do I need grace? Because whatever is causing your stress or your toil, this storm, this, this problem, this situation that's going on in your life right now, hate to say it, it might not be over yet. This might even be the Holy Spirit allowing this to happen in your life to bring you to a place that he wants you to be. So your need that you're trying to get rid of and get out from under may not be about to go away just yet. So what do you need? Grace in order to stay positive, in order to stay silent, in order to keep smiling, in order to keep being a witness until this storm passes. Grace, the amazing grace of God is the only thing that's going to get you through these trials and these terrible seasons in your life and get you through the right way. You said, I I thought I was going to God because I need him to fix something for me. And God's saying, well, I'm going to fix something for you, you. I find the older I get and the more I pray that that my prayers are changing. I used to pray for God to change things. Now I'm having to pray for God to change me. Because I realize that the things I'm praying for God to change are usually that way because of me. (laughs) And and then I'm having to ask God to to resolve me to his will. Because for all my life I've been trying to pray his will my way. Right? God, I, I, I want you to do this, this, and this. I want your will. He said, no, you don't want, your, you don't want your, my will. You want your will. God, I, want you, I need you to do this, this, and this. And God's like, what you need me to do is get you straight. You need me to get you right so that you can accept what I am doing in your life. I find grace. Here's what's so cool about grace. Let me give you this acrostic. Take the letters G-R-A-C-E and write them this way, G-R-A-C-E, and then out to the side of them, write what grace, the definition of grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. That's spot on, isn't it? Because grace, God's grace could be defined as this. God gives us what we don't deserve. And God's mercy is defined this way. God doesn't give us what we do deserve. Neat, huh? I love this, the way that this is laid out because it said we obtain or we receive mercy, but look at this, how this is worded. It says we find grace. Anybody here ever lost your car keys? Raise your hand if you ever lost your car key. You ever lose a paycheck? I lost a paycheck before. I know you can't believe that as cheap as I am that I lost a paycheck, but I did. You've heard this story before. Just close your ears. Put your fingers in your ears for a minute so you don't have to hear it again. But I, when, when, when banks first came out with the, uh, the, the drive-in teller machine and they had a little canister, you know, you could put your stuff in. Well, I'm telling you that when they first came out, the first time I ever went to the bank that they had one of those, I thought this is kind of neat. I was going to go in and get $10 worth of quarters. So I just thought I'll just drive through. I was going to go wash my car. So I, I had a $10 bill. I was going to just send it and have them send me this back. And it's the first time I've ever seen one of these things. And so... Uh, I didn't know how it worked. I just put my $10 bill in there and pushed the button, and it was gone. And then the lady said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I just need to get uh, $10 a quarter. She said, well, I'll send you this canister in a minute, and when I do, you put your $10 in it and send it back. I said, what canister? 
There wasn't no canister. I said, I've already sent it. She said, sir, it didn't make it this far. I said, where is it? She said, it's somewhere between here and you and somewhere in the line. I said, well, what are we going to do? She said, well, we're not going to, I don't know what we're going to do, but you lost your $10. Now, I was sick at my stomach. That's $10. $10. I also remember when I was a little boy, about four or five years old, I was out in the yard playing baseball by myself. And I either threw my ball or I hit it. I don't remember which, but I'm going to tell you, it's the only baseball I had, and, and we were just poor preacher's kids. So I knew I didn't have money to get another one. And I hit, hit my ball, or I threw my ball, and it went into the ivy, and it was lost. And I stood there, and I looked, and I looked, and I couldn't find it. I looked for a long time. I couldn't find it. And finally, I backed up, and I remembered that Jesus loved me, and he cared about things like this. I heard it in Sunday school. And so I backed up, and I said, Jesus, I have lost my baseball. And I know it's in that ivy somewhere, but I can't find it. Would you, would you please... I can't get another one. Would you please help me find it? It was a big deal to me, guys. For some of you, that might be something a whole lot worse. But for me, at four and five, losing a baseball was as bad as the doctor telling you you got a disease, you know? So I'm standing there, and I'm praying. I just, and I stood there for a minute, and I just waited. I just stood there, and I prayed, and I waited a few minutes. And then all of a sudden, I just felt like, I just felt like going to a spot. And I went to a spot in the ivy, and I pushed the ivy away, and there was my baseball. And I picked it up, and I held it up, and I was so excited. I was like the woman in the Bible in the parables that she lost the ten coins, and then she swept her house and diligently, and she found the coins, and she called all of her friends, and she said, I found them! I found them! Remember the story? That's how I was with my baseball. That is what the Scripture says happens whenever I approach the throne of grace, and I find Grace. I have found grace over and over in my life at the various difficult crossroads I've been to. Over and over again, just in the nick of time, I would be like, I just found grace to get through this. I just found grace for healing. I just found grace. You get the picture? How cool is that? If you thought that every day you had the opportunity of finding something so valuable as the grace of God, would you not pray every day? Then let's. Here's what can happen in our life. We can approach the throne of grace every single day. And every time we come, first of all, we evaluate and we obtain mercy. And then before we leave, we find grace again. And then the scripture said, thirdly, we get help in our time of need. It took this long to get around to the need. This is what brought you to prayer for most people. See, most people don't come to the throne of grace just because they're coming. Most people come to the throne of grace because they got a need. A lot of people don't pray until they have a need. A lot of people don't go to church until they have a need. Huh? You still with me? And so most people miss the joys of being able to obtain mercy and find grace every day of their life because they don't come to the throne every day of their life. This is something that could be happening every day, but it only happens when they have a need. And so they go from crisis to crisis. That's why sometimes you see them here. 
And most of the time you don't. Soon as they get in a bind again, soon as they run out of money, they'll be back. Soon as soon as they break up again, they'll be back. Soon as the kids won't come home at night, they'll be back. They'll be down here in the altar squalling, crying, using up the Kleenex. Right? Pastor, that's not very nice. I've been at this a long time, guys. But I'll tell you what I choose. I choose to go from glory to glory instead of crisis to crisis. I choose to live in a place where that I am daily obtaining mercy, finding grace, and having my needs met rather than ever so often, oh, where did I leave God? I need him again already. There's a difference. And all of this happens just in the nick of time. Now, here's what I want you to understand about this whole process and why it's necessary to approach this throne every day. Because the devil can't sneak up on God. The devil can't surprise God. God is never surprised. You know how you're surprised sometimes? Somebody jumps out behind the door and scares you? God is never surprised. Nothing surprises God. And when I walk with him every single day in fellowship, when I approach him every single day at that place of grace, he speaks to me. He tells me. He warns me. He, he, uh, he prepares me so that crisis still comes to my life just like it does everybody else's. But the difference is it doesn't wreck me when it comes now. It doesn't destroy me. It doesn't render me ineffective. Because more than likely, I already knew it was coming. I've been hanging around with the Lord and he's been telling me, get ready, here comes a storm. Get ready, here's what's getting ready to happen. This happens in the life of the person who takes advantage of approaching the throne of grace. Help in the time of need. That verse right there, that phrase, help in the time of need means for well-timed help. And in our vernacular, it actually means just in the nick of time. That's what it means. We approach the throne of grace, obtain mercy, find grace, and find help just in the nick of time. That's what the verse means. That means before too late. So that means that if you do this, you're never going to be on your own. You're never going to be forsaken. You're never going to be left. You're never going to be abandoned. Because you're going to keep yourself in a place where that you're constantly under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and hearing his voice. You're being guided by his spirit. And because of that, every time, just in the nick of time, you're going to receive healing. You're going to receive guidance. You're going to have direction. God's going to deliver you. God's going to keep you for all of this life and for the one to come. All just because you're willing to come to the place of grace. Now do you see why this is such an important verse? I'm not taking anything from for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed on him would never perish and have everlasting life. Or even the one after it. For God came not into the world to... To, you know, you know where it goes. I'm not taking anything away from that. I thank God for John 3:16. But 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 did you hear what this verse here says to the believer now? I get to come boldly, covered by the blood. I'm gonna receive forgiveness every time I need it. I'm gonna find grace every time I come here. I'm gonna have my needs met, and it's always gonna happen. On time, 
God will never be too late for me. And he's going to take me from here to there. And he says, between now and then, any time, wherever I am, is the throne of grace. I can come to him. Is that an awesome word? Anybody need to come to the throne of grace today? Here's how we're going to close our service. Neil's coming back. He's going to lead us in a final song. And I'm going to ask you to think about these three topics. Obtaining mercy, finding grace, and help in the time of need. How many in this room need to obtain mercy today? I'm talking to people who have never given their heart to Christ. If you can't remember your spiritual birthday, you probably haven't been born yet. A lot of people sit in churches all the time and you say, when, when, when did you receive Christ? I've just been here all my life. I've been in church all my life. I don't even know when. I mean, they can't put a finger up. But I'm going to tell you something. I know when my birthday is. It's November the 2nd. That's the day I was born. And my spiritual birthday was Easter 1969. Seven years old, sitting next to my mama. And Jesus came down the aisle carrying a cross with the Roman soldiers beating him with a whip. And as he went past my seat, the Holy Spirit said, he did that for you. And I began to cry. And my mama said, what's wrong? And I said, I need to give my heart to Jesus. And she said, we could do that. But we turned around and the two of us knelt right there. She led me to the Lord. That's an experience that I'll never forget. If you don't have an experience like that, you should. Don't be the person that just says, I've been in church all my life. Be the person that says, I know when, I know when, I know when Jesus entered into my heart. I know when he forgave me for my sins. Today you can obtain mercy. Today you can receive forgiveness. It's the first thing that happens at the throne of grace. You say, but Pastor, you said when you started that only believers could come because nobody's, nobody's worthy unless they're covered by the blood. The, the Father is not obliged to answer the prayers of the unsaved. Did you know that? He, the Word of God does not have to apply to an unbeliever. It doesn't. The covenant is between God and believers. So the promises of God are to the believer. The only prayer that God has to... Now, sometimes he still acknowledges prayers and answers them for unbelief because he loves them. He does it out of compassion. But the only prayer that, you can, that God will never... He will, he will never deny, and he will always receive the prayer of the unsaved when it is about repentance. You said, I can't come boldly. You can come boldly because you can come to Jesus and repent of your sins, and he will answer that prayer prayer no doubt no question and then you're covered by the blood and so when we come to pray I want you to keep that in mind if you're here and you're wanting to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior you want to be forgiven for your sins you want to walk in newness you want you want to obtain this mercy you want to be in a position to obtain it every day you want to be in this relationship with Christ every day then 
when we, when, we, uh, when we open this up, I want you to come down and we're going to pray for you. And I would ask if you would do this because other people are coming as well. If you're coming for salvation this morning, would you let me know? Because I want to get somebody to pray with you. Then how about all of those of you that would say, man, I'd really like to find some grace this morning. I could, I'm due to find some grace. Anybody in here like to find some grace? Pastor, I'm in it, man. I'm in a storm. I'm in a battle. I'm in a war. I'm wore out. I'm stressed out. I've been toiling and fretting. I, I would really like to walk away from here today after I found a big old batch of grace. Anybody want to find some grace? Come to the altar today. And all those people that say, I came with a, a desperate need. I have a desperate need. I have something serious going on in my life. All this happens at the throne. Isn't that why it's such a cool verse? All of this happens at the throne of grace. So as he leads us in this song, whatever that need might be, we turn this into, we do this every time. We're going to turn this to a house of prayer. You come and you kneel around the steps, around the altars, around the seats, or anywhere around the sanctuary. If we have some of our prayer team people that are that are available right now, what I want you, what I want you men and women to do, prayer team folks, just get up and position yourself in different places around the sanctuary, and people can come to you if they would like prayer. And if and we're going to open this up to anybody that wants. But during this time, if you come in for salvation, please come and, and let me know. All the rest of you just come and obtain mercy and find grace and have your needs met at the throne of grace. Amen. God bless you. Come on.